Thanks, Isaac. Please uh, be seated. Thanks, Peter. It's a varied role for Peter on a Sunday morning. Cello to... Thank you for that. Now, it's my privilege just to share a few thoughts for the kind of remaining part of the service. And like I said, at the start of the service, many of you come in since then. Um, Don't you know, we've got Valentine's Day coming up in two days, I think it is. Now, I don't know whether you're good at sending Valentine cards. I I think myself and Wendy have known each other in a kind of a personal way for... About <laughs> four years, did you say? Forty years. So it seems to be forty years. That's unbelievable. I knew Wendy when she was. No, I can't say. Just can't say. Just can't say it publicly. No. So, kind of, Wendy was in a particular youth group when I went in. She didn't like me for a long time, actually. But, um, but anyway, we've only probably sent each other about two Valentine cards each, really. Because the first year we kind of married, we kind of did it. And then one year, one of us did it, and the other didn't. So the next year, the other thought, oh, I best send one. And the other one thought, well, we don't send Valentine cards. So we've only ever done it twice, so, um, because we're not too sure what the other person's going to do. So, so if one of us gets a Valentine card, we know it's going to be from somebody else. So... Um, <laughs> Now, there's a phrase a friend of mine uses about kind of God's purposes, and it says, love is the oxygen of the kingdom of God, which is basically saying that love is central to Christianity. It is so important. Now, we can't do without certain things for certain periods of time, so you can't do without food for about 40 days, about 40 days. Now, I know some of you, if you go without food for eight hours, you're starving, but you can't really do without food for 40 days. Probably one of the longest fasts, fasts that anybody's done is 80 days. Can't imagine, manage, uh, can't imagine that. Now, sleep as well. The longest anybody's gone without sleep um, is a student who went without sleep for 18 days, 21 hours, and 40 minutes. And he set the world record, but now he suffers from insomnia, so he can't get off to to sleep. But there you go, 18 days is a record. Then water, uh, you can't really go without water for three days, but the record is about 10 days that somebody has gone. And then oxygen or air, you can't really go without, you can't really breathe, you know, go underwater for more than about three minutes before, you know. But Japanese, some Japanese female swimmers are really good because they kind of dive down into the sea and collect these oysters and they can go down for about five minutes. They kind of train themselves. Um, so keen to get these pearls. So um, they go down. The longest anybody has gone underwater and held their breath is 22 minutes. I know, but they had so much oxygen before they they went down. It's still, it's still quite uh, amazing. But we can't survive without oxygen, and we can't flourish without love. People can't flourish without love. It's central to our lives, to our survival, to our well-being. We're made to relate to others, and we're also made, we believe, to 
encounter something of God's love. Now, Jesus was asked in very, lots of questions by people. People tried to catch him out, as we read in the New Testament. But there's one particular question that uh, we're just going to touch on this morning that he was asked. And I'm going to read just a few verses from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28. The verses will probably come up on uh, the screen, so you can uh, follow this. So, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28. And simply says this, On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. He says, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, that's quite a big question, isn't it? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, What is written in the law in the Old Testament? And this guy replied, How do you read it? And he answered, Jesus answered, This is the answer to the question. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus goes on to tell the story of the good Samaritan. So this is the answer to probably life's biggest question. What is it that God would want for us? What is on God's mind for us? And Jesus' answer is to love God first, but to love other people as you love yourselves. Because love is the central point, it is the oxygen of the kingdom of God. Now, a guy called Gary Chapman, who's a, a church leader, he suggested that there's five major ways that people like to receive love. And I thought it was quite clever. They're kind of biblical. And, and actually, as you look at them, you also see that they're the ways that, uh, that God seems to express love as well. Now, we're all different. We all receive love in different ways. We like different things. So I'm just going to touch on them, if you don't mind, uh, just this morning, just for a few moments. These five, they're called, he calls them, Gary Katz, he calls love languages. And you can say which one you kind of prefer or what you are good at. And the first one is this. He says, words of affirmation. Some people, I know Wendy, as we've discussed these five, she says she really likes words that build up. And the words of affirmation, building up, is very important. Now, words, we love words. And I'm sure that those who uh, run the nursery staff, that the, the kids at times must say some priceless things that uh, you share amongst yourselves that the kids kind of say. And I picked up on the internet this week some of the prayers that children have prayed um, to God. So one says this, Dear God, my mum tells me that you have a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli is just one of those mysteries. <laughs> and another one says, Please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, I will do better at school. <laughs> another one prayed, Please forgive me for hiding my sister's favourite doll and don't, please don't tell her where it is. Dear God, another one, I need you to make my mum not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I really don't want to ask my mum to leave. <laughs> Dear God, can you get me a smartphone? Santa seems to have forgot. <laughs> Second to the last one. I saw my big brother walking out the shower by accident. God, can you erase this from my brain? <laughs> And finally, dear God, I hope my dog is with you in heaven. 
Please take care of him. I apologize if he chews on your sandals. So words are wonderful, aren't they? And uh, they bring a lot of humor, a lot of engagement. But words of affirmation are so important. Now, you don't have to be a great orator to say things that build up and encourage. And I like this quote from a preacher in America, Billy Sunday, from years ago. He says, try praising your wife, even though it might shock her at first. It's very important to build people up. I remember uh, one of my uncles, kind of a friend of the family, And it was fed back to me in my teenage years that he'd said to my mother that, you know, Philip, I don't think anything will ever become of him. Now, when he got back to me, I kind of didn't know quite what to do with it. And I don't know my uncle, who I do get on with very well. I did get on with very well. um, What He's passed away now, what he would think. but, But words are so powerful, aren't they? And words that affirm, that build up, are so important. That's why in, even in the Bible when it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it says, oh, you know, the greatest gifts are things like prophecy that build people up, that encourage people. Now, just a, a point on this, I think it's really good, that it's interesting that in the Bible that Jesus is described as the Word of God. He's described as the Word of God. The Word became flesh and came amongst us. And it says in Hebrew chapter 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets uh, at times and places and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, the Lord Jesus. And it's amazing that throughout the centuries that people have hung on his every word. They get quoted more than any other words. And that's why I encourage people, you know, during these 40 days um, with Jesus, this series that we're going to do, to get one of the... Um, the books of devotions, because that's one of the primary ways that God will engage with us as we go through these devotions, as we get into the New Testament a little bit. I'm sure that as you do them, you'll have a sense of God speaking to you, of interacting with you, because God uses words, and he loves to speak to us, words that build up. So that is a love language, words. Second one is this. Acts of service, acts of service. And this is practical help. Now, a friend of mine called Philip Ginardu, who's a church leader in Bristol, is a wonderful guy, great communicator. And I remember him talking about these love languages uh, online. And he's saying that he thought that he was, in, you know, one of these wonderful, very um, good people when it comes to uh, romance and things like that, very engaging. And he says what he used to do was to write poetry, and when his wife came to get into the car, it was under the, um, the wiper. He'd put them there. Now, we'd all think that we got a parking ticket, wouldn't we? But the, under the wiper. And he thought he was incredibly romantic, leaving these poems under the wiper. Until she said to him, Phil, will you stop giving me poems and do a little bit more around the house? because that is going to bless me a little bit more than another poem. So he obviously thought he'd get out of the housework with um, uh, putting poems under the... But it wasn't quite working. Now, I'm sure he was being romantic. But practical help is wonderful. Now, Jesus, he says in the New Testament, he says, Jesus, who in the very nature God, takes on the form of a servant. And Jesus says, doesn't he? It's better to serve than to be served. And one of my heroes growing up uh, as a Christian, 
is, is Mother Teresa. I think that she's a real hero. If you don't know about Mother Teresa, she was an Albanian nun. And when she was quite young in her late teens, just felt this compelled to go to Calcutta in India. It's probably not called Calcutta now, no, but to India. And to work, minister, serve people that were dying literally in the gutter of Calcutta. And uh, I read a book and uh, biographies about her. She's just incredibly unassuming. There's far more people that are famous in the world. But she's a hero of the faith because she reflects who Jesus is. And, and she saw many people die. And you say, well, what's the point? Well, she helped people die even with dignity, those who did die, and support those, their family. And, and, and sometimes it's just better to serve. And it's a language, it's a love language to serve other people. And Jesus says this, when you've done this for the least of these, you've done it for me. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Serving is so important. Words are very important, but also serving our loved ones, our work colleagues, even people we don't know. Now, people have been asking me a little bit over this last week, how can we help what's been going on in Syria and Turkey? There's about, you've seen it on the news, about 28,000 people have died. Many people displaced and people are asking what can we do and sometimes it feels as if on my own I can't really do anything but the good thing is that Ealing we have about 500 churches we can do something together and uh, as we partnered with Samaritan's Purse the shoebox group uh, in supporting Ukraine uh, as a denomination Ealing we're partnering with Samaritan's Purse and they're going to set up a field hospital very soon um, 52 beds 75 staff, and we can make a contribution to that if we'd like to do that. I'm sure we will as a church, but on our website from tomorrow, we'll put information on. If you'd like to know some of the things that you can pray for, if you wanted to make a donation, then you can do that. Sometimes we think, well, from a distance, we can't really do something, but together, actually, actually, we can make a difference. So you can look on our website tomorrow, and that small act of, you know, if you want to pray, make a donation, I'm sure it'll make a difference. We'll put that up. So, Words of affirmation, acts of service, going through them pretty quickly. And the third one is receiving gifts. Now, I don't know whether gifts are very important to you. I don't know. Uh, One of the greatest gifts that Wendy ever bought me was a set of golf clubs by surprise. Now, throughout my life, I've had three sets of golf clubs, and none of them work. (laughs) None of them do what they're supposed to do. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm waiting for someone to buy me a proper set of golf clubs. The do what? No, I'm not very good at golf. That's the point of that. The golf clubs are fine. Now, some of the gifts I bought Wendy in the past, I've, I, I, I do work at it, but the foot spa didn't. Um, the foot spa didn't really float her boat, so it was on the wardrobe more than it was on the floor. With, but I remember a friend of mine. I used to work as an estimator before. I did what I'm doing, and I remember in the offices that uh, June, this lady, came in after Christmas, said, have a good Christmas, and she said, no. She's quite an honest person. And um, I says, why not? She says, because of what my husband bought me. I said, what did your husband buy you? And he'd bought her a spade. (laughs) And she wasn't very excited, because the garden needed doing... 
So we thought, yeah, thought by a spade. So it didn't go down too well. It's funny what you remember, isn't it? I mean, this was decades ago. Didn't go down too well. There's a great verse in the, the Bible that says this, Do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from your Father in heaven. The Bible tries to encourage us that God really wants to give us good thing. And we can appreciate the good things that God gives us. And a friend of mine called J. John, and some of you have heard him speak, he says this, for people kind of who are an atheist, and he's not having a go at people who are atheists, but he's saying it's just interesting. He says sometimes, you know, if you are an atheist, you can look at a, a, a most amazing sunset and not have somebody to thank for it. But it's a wonderful thing to be thankful uh, to God for things that he has given us. And God has given us strength uh, and abilities to encourage us and help us to thrive. And in one book of the Bible, in Timothy, there's a letter to Timothy and says, don't neglect the gifts and the talents that you've been given. Stir them up and use them for good things, to flourish, um, to progress in life and to help other people. Now, we talk, don't we, about how people are gifted or somebody has a God-given gift, uh, sometimes when it's sport or when it's to do with music. And sometimes we can look at what everybody else has got and be jealous of them and not appreciate what we have, the God-given abilities that God has given us. And we should appreciate what we have. Now, we are siblings. I have two sisters and a brother. And um, even in our older age, we still argue as to who is the favorite. And, uh, and then they remind me that I was the one that was bought a car, so I must have been a favorite. But one thing I can honestly say, I've never... My, my, my siblings have done well in life. All of them have had a number of properties and stuff like that. I'm really chuffed when they do well because I appreciate what God has given me. And it's wonderful to appreciate what God has given us. And some people in life, they, they pride themselves, don't they, on being these safe, self-made people. I did this all by myself. But I honestly believe it is better to think I can do certain things because God loves me rather than because it's all about it's all about me. So receiving gifts, giving gifts are important for people. And uh, as I said, there's a verse in the Bible that says, every good and perfect gift comes from our Father in heaven. And then fourthly, getting through them really quickly. Some people appreciate love through physical touch. Um, some people receive love in this way. We're all different when it comes to this. Now, we all have to be very careful and everything appropriate and above board, uh, but we are all different. And uh, one of the prayers that uh, one of these children prayed says this, Dear God, I went to this wedding and they were kissing right there in church. Are you sure this is okay? <laughs> that people can kiss in church. Now, it is, but let me say this, it was the bride and the groom, so if you think that you're free to go around kissing people now, at the end of the service, then the answer is no. You are not free to go and kiss everybody. Now, my previous church, people at the door, they're very tactile, they, they, they kind of hug everybody that came in to the point that some people used to find a different door to come into the church because they just didn't want to be hugged. Now, we're not a church of big huggers, so you're pretty safe when you come in here, but people are different in how they like to, you know, um, receive love in that sort of way. Now, COVID was interesting for us, wasn't it? Because it kind of, we all became very distanced, didn't we, 
from each other. And we still kind of stand at a distance sometimes now, don't we? Don't have the face coverings, thankfully. But we stand at a distance. I remember, though, that we used to live in Whitney Bay, and they had a lot of care homes on the seafront. Our kids thought that the whole town was a care home, but there was a lot of care homes. But during that period when we walked along the seafront, so often there was a family standing outside with a mobile phone just looking at somebody upstairs that had not had somebody with them, family members personally or present, for months on end. And just walking past was quite moving that they were doing everything they can to be close to people. And and people appreciate closeness. They appreciate presence. And and even though over that period things like um, social media, Zoom saved us, didn't it? Uh, Emails were good doing things online. Um, There's nothing like being in person, is there? There's nothing like being present with people. And uh, one of the reasons I commend our nursery staff, uh, not to embarrass you, but often with the children that come in from 7.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock till night, which is quite amazing, isn't it, to be present all that uh, time. And what a great responsibility, what an awful privilege and we do kind of commend you for the foundations that you're laying with so many children and just being present with them is a big thing now I'm sure that you're doing it because you get paid I'm sure you're doing it for that if ever you want to do it without getting paid that's fine just let me know um but it's just so good that's a joke joke, by the way and um pay rises coming in April don't worry don't worry (laughs) But being present with people is such an important thing. And uh, as the verse that I mentioned earlier, the word became flesh, talking about Jesus, dwells amongst us, invaded time and space, comes to us physically. And even though we don't know God physically in that way, his presence is still with us by his spirit. And a preacher in America, John Altberg, says this, God is closer than we think. God is closer than we think. The whole thing about Christianity is God loves us. He wants to be present with us. He wants to be close to us. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's so important to draw close to people. And I recommend that people draw close to God. One of the things I regret, probably, and I've said this before in my life, not that I beat myself up about it, but I wish I'd spent more time in the presence of my mother before she passed away. She lived on her own for many years, and I just just wish, just wish I'd spent a little bit with her just a little bit more time yeah just a little bit more it's so important love is expressed by our presence with people and fifthly fifthly listening really well is quality time and uh, Gary Chapman says this that some people just the way that they appreciate love and receive love is that people spend time with them or particularly the people that they want to spend time with them now, I heard on the radio this week that somebody said, just said, I don't know how it came up, it says, um, love is spelt T-I-M-E, is giving people time. Queen Elizabeth I says this on her deathbed, just before she died, she said, I will give away all my possessions, all my land, for just one moment of time more. Because time is so important to people, and people appreciate the time that we give them. Now, we say, don't we, if only I had more time, and it's interesting, in prison, if you're locked up, it says we're doing time, doesn't it? Because time is so, um, some of you are laughing because you've probably done that, I don't know, but um, 
um, I don't know, I don't know. But there's a phrase, isn't there, that, that time will tell. Time tells us a lot. And it's interesting that, uh, that one of the greatest gifts God gives us, according to the Bible, is in, is in terms of time. The most famous verse in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So it's interesting, the Bible talks about heaven and it talks about eternity in terms of time. We even separate time, don't we, between Jesus coming uh, on earth, uh, B.C. and A.D. And God demonstrates his love by giving us all the time in the world and the whole of eternity. Now, there's a great verse in the Old Testament that says there's, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Time is so important. Now, time is money, uh, moving on, so let me draw this to a close. We can even trust God's timing. God knows us so well. He knows the end from the beginning, knows the present, and we can trust God with his timing. So often we get impatient. Let me finish with this verse. It says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go here or there, carry on business and make money. These are our plans. And it says, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. We don't really know what will happen tomorrow. But we ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or we'll do that. So let me encourage you, if you're being impatient and you think, oh, I wish this will happening happen When God is central to our lives, we can trust his timing. He is so good with timing. And that might be an encouragement for you this morning. So love can be demonstrated in so many different ways. And uh, we know this because God demonstrates his love in all these different ways as well. And uh, through words, let me get them right, through words, through serving, through gifts, through being present with people, and through time. God goes before us and leads the way. So I'm going to finish uh, in a moment with a prayer, but I'm going to invite the band to come up and join me. After I've prayed, they will lead us in one last song. And so we've been uh, sitting for uh, a little while now, and so I'm just going to invite everybody to stand, because we'll stand as we sing. I'll pray for us, and then the band will lead us in this song. Then after the service, you're very welcome to stay behind for teas and coffees and to mingle in a little bit. But it's been great to see you this morning and really hope you've taken something out of this service. Let's pray together one more time. Lord, we do thank you for our time together this morning. Uh, We've been present with each other, and it's good to be present with each other. It is good to laugh. It's good to sing these worship songs. It's good to celebrate together. Yeah, It's really good to honor each other, Lord. And we do thank you for this time. Lord, we do commit each other to you. Lord, we recognize that love is so important, that we see something of your love, but we learn how to demonstrate love to other people. Lord, we do pray that you just give us that one or two things that we should take away this morning, but thank you that you want to build us up. Lord, we thank you. Your love for us is so great, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, final song is How Great Thou Art. So I'd love for you to join us as we sing this final song.